The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. We're coming to you live from Salem, New Hampshire. And today we are going to talk about motivation, namely uh, motivation and what your motivation is to train and where that comes from and hopefully mold your motivation a little bit so you're more pumped up to train. But first, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. That's my cue. My quirky tip of the day, you guys, is we always focus on dog's motivation, right? Like, how do we motivate the dog? What is the dog like? Treats, toys, praise, love, going for a run, whatever it is. You also need ways to motivate yourself, not just in regards to dog training, but in regards to life. So if you do not have at least six things that you can draw from automatically and you know that they'll pump you up, you need to start creating a list of things that bring you motivation because sometimes we need a little extra oomph in our lives. Well, I mean, there's two ways of looking at it. There's a lot of these motivational speakers now that mm-hmm. don't believe in motivation. And they say, <laughs> just get your ass out there and do it. Yeah. Don't wait to be motivated. Don't wait to be all excited. Because the act of doing can create the reward in and of itself. But you need to get out there and do it. You know, I go to the gym. I'm not motivated to go to the gym every day. But it's just, I just do it. And every time I I get there and I get 10, 15 minutes into a workout, I start feeling pretty good. And yeah. by the time I leave, I feel so good that I, one, got a good workout in, but two, just, you know, completed another, you know, got another step closer to my goals. I feel, you know, that exhaustion of just expending all that energy. And it's a good emotional thing for yeah, me. Yeah, the know? gym is good for his mental health. He's a little loopy if he doesn't go to the gym. But if you are not even taking action yet, yes, ideally you're getting out just taking action, come up with a few things that are going to pump up your jams and get you going. So today we are talking about what motivated you to first train your dog. And we, as we were flushing this out, I think there's a small percentage of people who are like, we're getting a new puppy. We want to get the puppy started on the right foot. Like as far as our clientele goes, there's very maybe five to 7% of our clients, that's what their motivation is, or they're bringing in a new rescue. It doesn't necessarily have issues yet. They just want to start with a clean slate and have things go as smoothly as possible moving forward. The majority of the people that are calling us are in some sort of pain. I mean, every call you have, they're expressing some sort of pain point. Certainly, yeah. Nine times out of 10, uh, people are calling with problems. And the problem is why they're calling that's the motivation. They can't deal with it anymore. And they're now uh, looking for outside help. They've, some of these people, many of them have tried YouTube and, and online uh, help. They've read books. They've done a lot of things. And they're just not getting over the hump of this particular one or two issues. So they call someone like me and to, yeah. to give them a hand. Yeah. And the pain could be Maybe it's this like social pressure of they can't have people over to their house because their dog acts so poorly. Maybe the dog's very vocal in the backyard, so the neighbors are complaining. So there's this pain point there. Maybe they're afraid they just had a new baby. They don't like how the dog's interacting with the kid. There's a pain point of, you know, I need to keep my human child safe. My dog can't rain on our parade. A lot of times there's a pain point. Not a lot of times, but I'd say a dozen a year someone's dislocated their shoulder. Someone's done something. They've fallen because their dogs pulled them on ice. They've done something pretty severely to themselves 
and had a pretty huge injury because of their dog's behavior. Maybe their dog knocked someone else over, but there's actually been like an accident, an incident, and the dog now has pushed their pain threshold to a point where they're like, I'm going to get on the phone. I'm going to call a professional or I'm going to call another professional who may be able to help me because outside of YouTube and books and everything else, there are people sometimes that have exhausted other in-person resources and they just haven't meshed well together and they you know, need a little more help. So they may call Scott, but there's pain coming from something. And quite often when we're just training because of pain points, we don't follow through later on. And the, what we kind of have deduced from this whole thing is that if you lean into the best life possible for your dog, the best life possible for yourself, the best life possible for your family, you're going to have this long-term happiness that it's not just going to be provided through pinpointing a pain point. So that's kind of what we're talking about today and what we want to pump you guys up for. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, they put themselves second, uh, and they're happiness, their goals, everything is second to their family and uh, many other priorities in their lives that they just feel that, you know, they, they're so busy trying to keep everybody else happy and make sure their children get to the soccer games and study for their SATs that they don't do anything for themselves, you know. And um, you need to care about yourself to make yourself a priority because you're no good to anybody else if, if you're the one that's dying while everybody else is thriving, you know, if you're the, the main motivator to get everyone else to do their stuff and now you're gone, you know, the whole house of cards is going to collapse. Yeah, completely. You know? And, you know, as far as your dog goes, giving your dog the best life possible, giving your dog the most freedom possible, giving your dog, you know, a, a life beyond what maybe your previous dogs have had, it is going to help your quality of life too. And if you're putting your dog before you, at least include yourself in a walk with your dog, at least include yourself in some downtime, at least include yourself in some quiet time on the porch where you're literally just sitting there with your dog in this mindful moment, because the rub off and the benefits to you with these kind of interactions are really going to be great. And you don't realize it until you start focusing on, I care about quality just for quality, because I want as much as possible out of my life with my dog. I want as much as possible out of my life. And the more that you're committing to yourself and to your family that you just want to have as smooth of a 10 to 12 to 15 to 18 years with your dog as possible, the better quality of life you're going to have during those times. We just cannot stress it enough. And I I will say we didn't uh, pinpoint this yet, but there's a small majority of our clients and there's a larger majority of uh, people internationally that are like this, but they train because they're passionate about training, right? Like they have a passion for dog training. They love their sport that they train in. They just love learning about dogs. And there are, you know, I would say a dozen or two dozen clients, you know, that come through that they just want to learn more. Like they, they do all the exercises, they get excited. Okay. What else can I do? Can I do some nose work? Can I do some tricks? Like, you know, what other exercises can I work on? They just enjoy the act of training. So there are going to be a few people. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's a larger majority outside of pet dog training. And there's, you know, this, this group of you that are training because you're passionate about something and that's awesome. But then also is that expanding? Like, are you just doing one sport? Are you just, you know, going down this rabbit hole and kind of getting into this rut with this one sport? Maybe, you know, if you cross train sports a little bit, you'll get more motivation and even more passion for things. So really look at that as well. And you've certainly fallen into that category of having dog training be your passion and your outlet and your hobby and all of that. Yeah. And that's how I got involved in all this is I was I was enjoying uh, training my dog as a hobby, getting into the dog sports, and it really is a fringe, fringe, very tiny percentage of dog owners that are uh, passionate about training for the sake of training and the love of the sport they're involved in, and some people even have two or three sports with their dogs that they enjoy, 
But to put it in perspective, you know, I was thinking about this. If you took the memberships of all of the dog sports in the United States and you added them all together, you know, you might have, you know, you certainly have thousands. Maybe you have tens of thousands, but probably it's not getting into many tens of thousands of people that are actively Agility working. Agility numbers with get up there. I'm including them. Yeah. Maybe you get, you know, 30, 40,000 people or something. But to put that into perspective, I mean, there's like how many millions of dogs yeah. in this country? Yeah. And out of those millions of dogs, most of them never see one day of training of any kind. Not one day. So the people that call, unfortunately, you know, from the pet dog training perspective, from my perspective as a professional dog trainer, dealing with people with problem behaviors, we're always the last resort. Nobody wants to train. And they even begrudgingly hire me. They may be glad I'm coming because they want to relieve the pain. But as soon as I can help them relieve that pain even a little bit, they feel the pressure's off. And so it's my job to try to motivate people to continue on, to see how much fun it could be to be able to take the dog off leash and go to the beach without stress, you know, and what it takes to get there, which isn't a huge amount of work, but it is some work. So trying to get people to get their heads around the positive aspects of training is kind of the majority of, of my job because, you know, I tell people, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, uh, I, I heard this years ago and I just researched it again just to make sure that it wasn't just like they talk about the bro science or just sayings that people say that really aren't based in any fact at all, but that people, when, when they hear something, regardless of how interested they are in it, by the next day, I thought it was the next day they'd remember half. The, when I started researching, they said within a few hours, people remember half of what they heard. And this is stuff they, they're interested in. By the next day, they could lose as much as 70% of that initial uh, information. So I'm thinking about people that do a dog training class with me. They're all pumped. I'm teaching them how to get their dog to heal. If they, um, the chances are, and I tell people all the time, take notes, you can video me with your phone, and then you can review the video, you know, tomorrow, or when you go to do your next, you know, private, you know, research, you know, some homework, take a look at what we did, and then it'll just be a refresher. Very few people do it. And so if you're taking lessons from someone, and, and then you feel like, oh, I didn't practice, I'm going to put this off. You know, I was going to kind of have them come once a week. Let's skip a week because we didn't get a chance to practice. You're better off having somebody come twice a week rather yeah. than skip a week because at least you can get back into doing something with your dog, assuming that your, you know, your homework skills are not the best. We need to keep you working with that dog so that you can keep progressing even a little bit yeah, and remembering and, what the heck to do. And repeating lessons and just repeating these things that don't necessarily come supernaturally to people. And, you know, as far as it goes with the pain points, we get it. Like you want something fixed, everything else. But think of it more like the universal energy within your household, especially if you have some problem stuff with your kids. You know, a lot of times now we have problem kids, we have problem dogs. And not to subset kids that problem kids are a bad thing, but you know, they're just a little more work. They have a little more energy. They have extra demands. They need more help than the average child. And then you have a dog on top of that that needs more help. If you get the dog dialed in and you get the energy with the dog dialed in, 
I promise you it will help extend to the kids. Even if you can get the kids working with the dog in similar ways that you've been able to with, you know, hey, maybe just step on the leash while you watch TV, have a quiet moment. You're not going to be on your phone. You're not going to have the iPad in front of you. Do it for the good of the energy of the family, of the energy of the household. And if you're a single person and the dog's stressing you out, I promise if you get the dog handled, you're going to have better energy just within the two of you. And it's important because this chronic stress that the dogs create that we allow them to create until things bubble to a point of like, oh my gosh, I have to do something. It builds up and it doesn't make for a fun life to own a dog. And the whole reason we have dogs in the first place is to enjoy being with them and have them be happy family members that contribute to the goodness of everything. Yeah. And I would uh, encourage people to remember the vision or the dream or the fantasy they had when they first decided to adopt that dog from a picture they found online where they found that breeder and they got their name on that list of puppies and they couldn't wait to get that puppy home and everything you were going to do with that puppy because people have very grandiose ideas about what they're going to do with their dog. And when the reality comes of doing some work with the dog uh, and they start to have some difficulty because of their own inexperience, it all of a sudden isn't as much fun. And there are some people that have natural abilities and I've run into them. Jess is one of these people that uh, really enjoyed working with her dog, all her dogs as a young kid and was able to make progress very quickly in many ways. And she just kept figuring out how to make things happen if someone wasn't showing her how to do it because she enjoyed it. The The passion was driving the behaviors. Uh, But for most of us, that's not the case. And I, you know, I was not that type of person. If I couldn't figure out how to get my dog to do something, I was seeking out help immediately through dog sport clubs and and paying for trainers to come and and different many different trainers that a lot of them couldn't help me or we didn't jibe, you know, just our energies weren't really super compatible until I found people I really liked that were really good that I felt that, you know, I could help benefit from and then I just glommed onto them and whether I was paying them for classes or helping them with their dogs or whatever needed to be done so I could keep soaking up this knowledge. Because it's not just about knowledge, it's about that muscle memory, doing things so that you start to actually start doing it naturally. I always use, you know, playing an instrument and, and training a dog. Using that leash is like playing an instrument. And you need to get your mechanics down before you can play the instrument and enjoy it the way you'd play a piece of music without looking at the, the strings on a guitar saying, okay, which hand, which finger goes where? You, you need to practice so that like when you're walking down the street and there's distractions popping up left and right, you're just naturally uh, using that leash to communicate with your dog in a way that the dog understands because you've done all this homework. You're your stress isn't going through the roof because you know what to do. You've been working on this stuff, you know? Yeah, no, it's super true. All right, let's go to break super quick. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about motivation. Want to keep up with all the latest from the Quirky Dog Podcast like me and Murphy here? Then make sure you head on over to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Or if you prefer to listen to the madness, go on over to iTunes or Spotify and follow the Quirky Dog Podcast. And hey, while you're there, leave a rating and review and let them know what you think of the show. Until then, keep it quirky. All right, we're back. And we're going to touch a little bit more on this motivation aspect as it relates to us as humans. So Scott was saying early on that like, yes, just get up and do it and do the things you don't want to do. And if you make a promise to yourself, just follow through and do that. And that is true. And that matters. And that is a good rule of thumb for people that have a hard time getting there and 
can't necessarily make that a habit in their life. You need to have some sources of motivation that you can draw from. So like this morning, you were listening to the Arnold Schwarzenegger ebook um, while you were taking a shower. Just came out. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about so, that. So like Scott likes people like Jocko, like um, David Goggins, Arnold Schwarzenegger, some bodybuilders that he listens to. Like you have these people that you can listen to a snippet or something and get more pumped up about your day. I would say for me, Scott is a source of motivation for me. Scott is always pretty happy-go-lucky. He's pretty good in the mornings. He's, you know, singing while he's making breakfast for the most, most of the time. You know, it's, it's a good way to like pump up the jams. He's very happy with a warm shower and a house to live in and look, Luxuries, there's sun. baby. Yeah, look, Pure there's, luxury. It's sunny today. He's very good about leaning into the basics. Um, there's a lot of people online that are these influencers, right? Like Mel Robbins can be a pump up the jams kind of person for me. I might go listen to a short thing that she's put on Instagram or, you know, somebody else that you may follow. Songs. Songs can be a great way for you to instantly change your physiological state to be in a different mindset. When college, we used to listen to R. Kelly's World Greatest. I think I'm not listening to R. Kelly as much anymore after everything's transpired, but have a few songs you can draw upon that you can, you know, play through your car if you need to. When you're going into a meeting, you may not have the energy you want. You're going into a dog training session. You're super, not necessarily happy to be there. You don't feel confident about it. Have things that you know can put you from A to C so you're in a more ready state when you get to C. Are there any other motivation things that I missed as far as things that relate to you? Well, when you talk about Jocko, it's funny because now you're quoting him to me because we've been having like a horrendous couple of weeks with dogs and just all kinds of problems, cars our breaking life, down, like left and right. Our life Everything's is going on. crazy right and, now. And, uh, you know, Jocko was doing this motivational speech to a platoon and they started, like he's in um, in the Middle East somewhere and these guys, you know, he's like, you guys got any problems? And one guy says, oh, the, the latrines are not working and this is wrong. And, and, and he says, you know, uh, at first I was going to, say, yeah, you know, it's tough and we got to work through stuff. And then he said, then he thought, he said, good. I'm glad everything <laughs> is going to shit because that's why I joined. Yeah. The worse it is, the better it is. And he really welcomes discomfort, hardship, and learning through failure and just bring it on. I'm going to, no matter what happens, uh, I look at it as a positive. The more difficult my life gets, the more I'm going to learn, the better it is. And it's going to strengthen me, harden me. And and that's a good way of looking at stuff because sometimes for no rhyme or reason, it's not this karmic payback. It's just a lot of things don't go right in your life. Just things don't go the way you don't want them to go, you know? And uh, good. Let's yeah. just friggin' deal with it. You know, the car breaks down, no problem. You know? Good. We've been saying we'll good. We've been saying good you know? a lot. But these are things that I want you guys to have these tools for yourselves. If you're a religious person, you know, a lot of people lean into religion or spirituality for these kind of things, but you need to have something greater than yourself that's like out there like you rah rah, like the, the universe has your back type of thing. And this does influence the way that you and your dog have a relationship. It does influence the way that you interact with your dog. It does influence the goals you have for the dog and the tolerance levels you have for your dog and everything else. And rather than always coming from a place of pain come from a place of peace what do you want that ideal picture to look like just like scott was saying did you want to take this dog on picnics with your family and you can't even take the dog to the vet because it's such a problem like find people who are going to help you get to the place you want to be and the goals that you want to have with the animal that you have in your house because often people just think oh it's this dog maybe if i you know get another dog it'll be different that's not necessarily the case sometimes history keeps repeating itself so be very conscientious of focusing on a place of peace 
space, what that looks like for you. And it can start very easily with five minutes of downtime. TV gets turned off, phone gets turned off. You're just sitting there with your dog, you know, enjoying your dog's presence. You don't even need to be petting your dog, but start small and then start expanding those moments rather than be like, oh, shit's hit the fan. And now I have to intervene because we so often see that with clients. And rather than stepping in when there's the pain point, if you do this kind of preventatively for your own sake, for your own self-worth, for everything for yourself, it will help you in the long run. So be conscious of it. And you may want to, if you just, you know, your dog needs, has these problems and you just don't want to deal with it. You know, there's nothing wrong with uh, maybe taking a few moments when you're doing something you enjoy, whether it's having a drink in the evening or just sitting and relaxing or driving to work and think about why is it that I don't want to train my dog? And what is it that I don't want to do? Because there were certainly times in my life, and I would say years in my life, where I didn't want to do a friggin' thing. I mean, I was so burnt on my life. I worked my ass off. I did very little that was pleasurable. I didn't want to do anything extra. And really, it was, I think, just a kind of a mild depression that I was in. And I was never examining myself. Why do I feel this way? I was just going, putting fires out all the time and dealing with this and dealing with that. And, you know, I was a roofing contractor at one point. And I've said this jokingly, but I really did wake up for, I did that for 15 years. Made a good living. It was a good business. But there were a few years where I would wake up and every morning almost, my first thought was, I hope I don't die a roofing contractor. And I, didn't, I wasn't afraid I was going to die doing roofing. I just hoped I would get into another field that I felt was more gratifying, that gave me just a, a, a better feeling of self-worth. But it wasn't the business at all. It was me. You can be, you know, if you're mentally healthy, it doesn't matter what business you're in. You can be cleaning people's septic tanks and feeling great every day and helping people. And it's not about what you do. It's about where you're coming from and where your head's at. So if your head is twisted and you're really, you know, possibly just living with this mild depression that makes anything extra a huge burden then that's something you got to look at too. It's not even about the dog. It's not about the kids. You know, it's not about your job. It's about you getting, you know, you need a break. You need to maybe, you know, start talking to some people that are going to help you, you know, relieve that burden somewhat. Yeah, no, it's 100% true. Why is it that you don't feel like doing anything besides, you know, I have to work out just because I need to lose weight? Why is it that you don't want to do anything extra? I just want to drink a beer and have a cigar. Yeah, (laughs) you don't drink Everyone else, leave me alone. And FYI, we're not going to be going back to roofing contracting. But that's a good parallel that Scott drew, that it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the situation. It's just easy to blame the situation. As you were talking, I was thinking about some other people that have been very motivational, especially this past year. Scott really likes the Dry Creek Wrangler. He's awesome. He has this awesome YouTube. YouTube channel. He is a cigar smoker as well, but you know, he's a horse guy and he talks about a lot of these life lessons. And if Oliver Anthony just blew up, um, with his single Richmond, North of Richmond and a bunch of others, he's crazy. He even mentioned, you know, dry Creek Angler on the Joe Rogan interview. So seek out people that are going to work for you. It doesn't have to be the five greatest influencers that are influencers that everyone else listens to. It doesn't have to be Tony Robbins. It doesn't have to be Marie Forleo. Whatever works for you is fine, but find someone who's making you feel good about your day, the present day and and the future. It is important to be moving into the future with a good mindset, because just like Scott said, if you're in a rut, it's very hard to get out of a rut. And the last thing you want to do is do some self-examination, but self-examination helps you guys. And 
as we say over and over again, as we're examining the dog, some self-examination comes up as well. So please lean into these little, little baby pain points that are just mild frustrations right now. They haven't blown up into huge things where you need this big intervention and try to start making the quality of your life better, the quality of your dog's life better, the quality of your family's life better, because in the long run, it really does make a huge difference. And through all the turmoil that we've been going through, and it's nothing compared to what's happening worldwide and everything else we understand, but we have a lot of strength in, you know, our core dogs, they're, they're well-behaved, they're good dogs, they're, they're grounding us, they're great. We enjoy when, you know, our old doodle Max runs up just to, you know, want some food and a pet. Like, these things are also what ground us and help keep us, like, in the moment and sane in these times of turmoil. So make sure that's happening for you as well and the dog isn't just a constant point of stress. And I will say, as far as influencers, find people in, in real life that actually are a positive influence on you. And we all have one or two, you know, in our group of people we know. And give them a call and just say hello and don't unload on them. Just say, hey, how's it going? Just want to check in with you because I certainly have uh, more negative influence people in my life than positive. And I tend to check in with the negatives too uh, quite a bit. And they will inevitably... Bring it down. (laughs) Oh, there's a cloud in the sky today, and I'm not sure if it's going to sit over my house all day, but it's going to be there most of the day. And I listen to them, and they don't bring me down that much. But sometimes if I'm feeling down, that's not the best person for me to talk to. It's better for me to, I'll check in with someone else that just says, how you doing? They're not unloading their crap. They're asking me, how am I? And, you know, if I say, you know... And I seldom will, you know, bring up any negativity. But if I say, oh, like my dog's, you know, injury happened uh, this past week, they'll say, yeah, it happened to my dog too. You know, those things happen. And it's not like, oh, shit. Oh, boy. You're (laughs) fucked, man. That's the worst thing that can happen to a dog. That is true. Have people in your real-time life that can help and support you. And not even necessarily calling them up for support, but call them up. They're a positive influence. Say, hey, how's your day going? Can I do anything to make your day better today? Even if you serve these people that are good influences influences in your life, it will help. So think about these things. Motivation is very important in why you're originally going to work with your dog and how you're going to work with your dog and what the future with your dog is going to look like. Because I can promise you the more strong foundation you have, the easier the journey. That has been our experience and the experience of our clients and everything else. All right. So we have not done September uh, meditation. We skipped September. Been a lot going on. We have September, October meditation that we just filmed. It's with an African Borbol who goes home tomorrow. Her Our, name is One Penelope. of my favorites. One yes, of my favorites. She's a 150-pound dog. We went out to the bench in the woods, and I will be posting that before the weekend. Next week, we are launching the story of Sandy. We have one of our very dear clients that comes on and discusses her journey with pharmaceuticals and then you know some previous training and some problems with vet care and everything else. So you'll definitely want to tune into that episode. And then after that, we're heading to New York for a seminar. We got a lot going on in October. We're excited to see everybody in Hamburg. And thank you so much for joining us here today. Get your motivation levels up. And in the meantime, keep it quirky. Thanks, guys. guys. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.